Hey there, welcome to Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals take advantage of the vast opportunities in modern life using a combination of old school wisdom and new breed tactics. My name is Sim and I will be your host and I would like to say welcome and thank you for tuning in and listening to this audio blog of what I call 10 Harsh Truths that you will learn in life and that no one told you about. So I hope you are having a blessed day and a good week wherever you are. And I hope it has been used to do things that have been productive and things that have been meaningful to you. And I hope you've been able to take some time out for yourself so you've been able to really contextualize things that have been happening to you in the week and the month. And I hope that if you're going through something, that you'll keep going and keep pressing on. But uh, I want to dive into the main topic of this audio recording. And obviously, as I said before, it's the 10 harsh truths about life that no one really talks about and no one really tells you. And there's a number of reasons for that because some of these truths are things that people don't talk about in polite company or in general conversation because these aren't really things you talk about. So people expect a socialized human being to have some awareness of these truths. And some people have some surface awareness of them Either they were taught by their parents, and they're very lucky to have parents that teach them about that, or they find out about them through firsthand experience, which is usually what happens because experience is the best teacher. Or maybe it might be some combination of both, in addition to reading about them on the internet or learning about them on the internet, because that's what a lot of people are doing now. Obviously, that's what you are doing because you're listening to me right now, and These 10 truths were my own individual truths that I gained from my experiences in life and my experiences over the past couple of years of being an adult and being a fully responsible human being. And a lot of these truths are things that you are shielded from as a child by your parents. Your parents, that's their job to keep you away from stuff like this and a child really can't contextualize it against the background of his own experience, and that's that's not a child's place to do that. So these truths in life, you're going to be learning about them mainly in your 20s and probably early 30s, but mostly life in general is just a learning ground. So whatever stage of life you're at and you're learning these, it's always a good thing. But obviously, the earlier you can learn them, the better. But like I said, these are my 10 truths and these are my individual truths. But at the same time, I've heard a lot of people reflect these truths as well. So I believe they have some universal backing. So to give a good background to the, the whole this whole topic of truths, obviously in the last audio recording, I talked about the matrix and red pills and the red pill represents reality. And when someone says they're giving out red pills or 
they're taking a red pill or a subject is a red pill subject, they're saying that this is a dose of reality or a dose of truth, as I talked about in the last one, if you manage to listen to that. And like I said, I think reality is very subjective and there's a lot of things in reality that are up to interpretation, but at the same time, there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of commonalities and universal principles. And that's what a lot of Unstoppable Rise looks at, these universal principles. And I strongly believe in universal principles because I do believe that there are things that apply to a majority of people, if not all people, uh, all the time, everywhere. And like I said, these truths from life were synthesized from my own experience and I've gained that they have some universal application. So to further expand on that, life, if you've been paying attention, life is uh, very chaotic. The easiest word to describe it would be a clusterfuck. It is um, very seemingly random. You know, shit happens all the time. There's things going on you may not even be aware of. There's things going on on the other side of the planet all the time. There's people being born, people dying, people getting windfalls, people coming out of fortune, and just a whole bunch of stuff is happening, and it just seems to be very random. And to counteract this chaos, I believe we created laws, we created rules, we created regulations, and wrapped up in all of that is the concept of civilization. Civilization is a big overarching structure to impose order upon this chaos. And in the concept of civilization are many games. Obviously, some people said life is a game. There is obviously the game of dating, which is a game. There's the game of popularity, so status is another game. The game of wealth accumulation and financial freedom is another game. And the game of competence within a sport, football, being able to master the sport of football or soccer or something like that. So within all of these games are rules and regulations that someone has to adhere to to master the game. And in the game of life, I do think that there's certain rules that someone should adhere to so they, they can live a productive life and they can live a life of meaning and a life of service and purpose and giving value to other people. So a lot of these laws of life are things that exist within the structure of a game. And a lot of these truths run parallel to these laws because they are corollaries and they are extensions of some of these laws. And in knowing these truths, you can start to know the laws themselves. 
So you can think of these truths as the leaves of a tree or a shrub and the laws are the roots underneath. And these truths are just the fruit of these laws. So that's a good mental model to think of that. And that's a good mental model to contextualize these against. So the first uh, truth, the first harsh truth is you're it. That's, that's the truth. You're it. That's it. <laughs> you're it. And what this means is no one else will be able to really help you like you can. Obviously, I believe in social connections and I believe in having people assist you and you assisting other people. But you need to be the main catalyst for change in your life. There's a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. That's what that means. You're going to have to be the one who's going to have to institute change in your life. And when you were a kid, or you were a child, you relied on your parents. Your parents gave you food. They gave you shelter. They gave you education. They gave you all these things, a ride to school, all of that. And then you suddenly grow up and that's it. They can't really provide for you as much. You're expected to get a job. You're expected to work for yourself. You're expected to be able to be self-sustaining without really their help. Because if you're not, you're seen as just an overgrown child. In my opinion, there's really nothing more sad than seeing like a 35-year-old man or woman who lives with their parents and they haven't really established themselves as a self-sustaining adult. And I don't even mean people who just happen to come into hard times or people who say they got a divorce and then they had to move back in with their parents or people who started a business and they had to move back in or people who somehow got bankrupt and they had to start all over. Like there's people like that all over, but I'm talking about people who just have never gotten any sense of self-sufficiency. But there's people out there for whatever reason they can't do that. And your parents, when you were younger, they provide for your needs because your needs were very basic. You just need to go to school. You need to go to extracurriculars. Uh, if you needed a treat, go out and get some ice cream, snacks, food, shelter, clothing. But then as you get older and you start to become your own person, you start to mature, your needs and your wants start to become more complex. And they can't really solve that. And one of the needs that people have is for self-expression and another one is for having relationships with the opposite sex and another one is just having status within their circle of friends and your your all these things your your parents can't provide for you you're going to have to find some way to attain these yourself and provide for these yourself and that's a shock for a lot of adolescents and people emerging into adulthood. So the stage of adulthood when you can really say, I'm an adult, is when you can provide for yourselves in this area. But 
Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are stuck in some sort of low-level dependency that they uh, sort of unconsciously feel that some other external force is going to come and save them. They think the government is going to come and save them. They think God is going to come and save them. They think their friends or their significant other is going to come and save them. And there's nothing that's going to come and save you. And you need to realize that. And you need to realize that you need to take action. And you need to start the wheels in motion of doing anything significant in your life. If you want to apply for a job, you're, you're the one who's going to have to apply for a job. No one else can do that for you. If you want to go and take a vacation to somewhere, you're going to have to go onto the site and fill out the application for the airline and for the resort or wherever, the hotel you're staying at. All these things, these are just minor parts of being a self-sufficient adult. And there's more complex things, like I just mentioned. So that's the first harsh truth, is that you're it, and then you're going to have to be the one who's going to have to start the wheels in motion of any significant change that you want to accomplish in your life. And I think that's a key point that needs to be internalized if you want to understand the rest of these truths. So the second truth is it's easier to fail than it is to succeed. And what that means is simple. It's easier to fail and fall on your face than it is to rise to the mountaintop and say, I made it because of the fact of this phenomenon in nature or just life in general called entropy. And what entropy is, it is all, it's a, it's a phenomenon when all systems in a system, in a larger system, tend to diverge towards chaos rather than order when not maintained. So an easy easy examples of this are not taking out the trash. If you don't take out the trash, it's going to stink up the house and the garbage is just going to pile up and it's just going to be a mess. If you don't cut the grass, the grass is going to grow and it's going to just make everything worse. If you don't if you don't go to the gym and work out or if you don't have some physical activity, your body is going to atrophy. If you don't keep your mind sharp by going in new environments, being around new people, reading material, keeping up with news in your field or news in general or just stimulating material in general, you're going to become very dull and you're going to just lack that edge that you need to make your dream life a reality. So... When you see a lot of people who are in dire straits, for some people, it's not really their fault. But for some others, they underestimated what they needed to take to succeed rather than to fail. And they just underestimated how easy it is to fail than it is to succeed. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind that failure is pretty much inevitable and success is the exception to the rule. So that's the second truth. The third is 
money is not everything, but it is a whole lot. And I think personal finance is probably one of the most important subjects that people need to learn about beyond anything because money is needed for virtually everything in this world. If you want to put gas in your car, you're going to need money. If you want to take a girl out on a date someplace, you're going to need money. If you want to buy something from the store, buy food to eat, you're going to need money. How much do you need? It obviously depends on your certain situation, but you know, some people like to have disposable income that they can spend on the finer things in life. So you need money to just be a self-sufficient human being, someone who is not reliant on other people and reliant on the government or God or whoever, as I mentioned in the first point. And more money, in my opinion, more money is better than less money. I'd rather have $1,000 in my bank account than $10, than $100. I'd rather have $10,000 in my bank account than 1000 I don't think there's any situation where more money would be less favorable, other than probably taxes. But there's a lot of things you can do to reduce your tax burden. But in general, I'd rather be making 500, 500 grand a year than 5,000 a year because I've been in a place where I didn't have a lot of money. So I have a lot of respect for what money can do and the impact it can make on your life. And when you walk around in your city or in your town or just in the world in general, and you just look around and you see people in scarcity, you see people who are in extreme poverty, people who are lacking resources, people who are going hungry, who are starving, who can't even get water to drink, people who are homeless on the street, money would change those situations. So you can't come and tell me that money isn't everything. You can't come and tell me that money is just, oh, it's, it's, it's not as important. You're going to say that and you should go and say that to someone's face who was suffering like that because they would probably just laugh in your face. And I knew some rich people or some people who were well off who said, you know, money isn't everything, says, okay, well, money probably isn't everything to you, but to a lot of other people, it's a whole lot. And that's why... A lot of people are spending most of their time trying to find out how to get it and finding out how to get more of it. So that's the third truth. Money is not everything, but it is a whole lot. So the fourth truth is relating to money is things take twice as long and cost two times as much. So anything you want to do, you should just expect it to take a lot longer than you want. Because this is just going back to the principle of, again, entropy. And this is also just a fact of life that things, shit just happens. I mean, things just break. Things don't go as planned. The deal doesn't go through. 
they don't send them they don't send the funds at the right time uh the person backed out of the contract early on you know things just happen and you know it can be very disappointing so you need to plan for that to, as as an aside i knew somebody who said he was going to be he was going to be a millionaire at 25 and he was a very talented individual he, he's a very talented individual but you know we're past 25 and you know he's not a millionaire and i myself when i was 19 or 20 i underestimated what it would take to be a millionaire millionaire so i said oh i'm probably going to be very well off by the time i'm 30 and i'm getting closer to 30 but you know i'm not anywhere near millionaire status so the things that you want to achieve in life you should in my opinion overshoot for them you should do overkill if they say you have to pump a certain amount of iron to get this certain physique you should do one and a half times that if they say it's going to take a certain amount to climb to up a mountain or have a hike like it's going to take it's going to be an hour long hike expect it to be an hour and a half if it's an hour if it's a, if it's less than an hour that's great you you can use that extra time surplus for anything else but you should always expect and plan for contingencies things that just break down in the chain so that's the fourth truth the fifth truth is the present moment is really the only moment. And if you've done a lot of meditation and if you've looked into a lot of Eastern spirituality and Eastern philosophy, they talk about the present moment a lot. And the present moment as a concept is becoming more popular now because people are finding themselves rust, they're finding themselves stressed, they're finding themselves overworked. And they want some sort of escape. So the present moment, saying that I need to be present, I need to come back to the present moment. You know, unless you can really understand what that means, then it's just words. And when you get the experience that everything you want will only happen in the present, then that's very powerful. You should realize that the past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist the past is just a conception in your mind it's a window which you're viewing your memories through and the future is you imagining things that are going to happen but your past and your future happen through the present moment they will happen through the present moment and that's the only thing that's the only way things can manifest themselves it's not going to happen when you say something is going to happen tomorrow, that thing is going to happen tomorrow, and tomorrow will be today. So you need to understand that the past, you, you're not defined by your past. You don't have to be the same person you were five years ago. And if you're using the past as a barometer for what the present is going to be like, you're obviously going to create more of the past. And that past will inform your future and your your life will just be one monotonous string of whatever it is you had in your life. So that's the fifth harsh truth.
the present moment is the only moment, so you need to take advantage of it. Sixth is related to the present moment, and I think this is important, is that you and everyone around you will die one day. And, you know, I think people don't really conceptualize this because death is such an abstract notion to a lot of people because we've all seen people die. We all know people die. We all know people reach the end of their lives, but it's something that some of us keep out of our minds and some of us unconsciously say, you know, that happens, but it won't happen to me, you know. And a lot of people don't like to think about this because, you know, there's a lot of people who are religious. There's a lot of people who believe in something after death, but they don't truly know what's after death because no one has ever come back and said anything about it. So you don't know if there's anything afterwards. People like to believe there is. I believe there is something after death, but... Regardless, we have now, we're alive right now, we don't have to wait until we die for us to start living or for us to reach some nirvana or some heaven. We take advantage of the moment we have right now with the people around us and the people we love and the people who are our friends and the opportunities we have now. We just take advantage of everything fully and we're grateful for what we have. And just realize that the people in your life will one day not be there anymore. So you have to make sure you have every opportunity to make sure every conversation you have with them is a good one. Because you never know if that's going to be the last one. And that's sobering to think about, but it's true. We're all one phone call away, or we're all one diagnosis away from having our standard of living dramatically altered. It only takes a doctor's diagnosis by saying you have cancer, or you have this rare disease, or you have some sort of you have some sort of illness that's going to kill you in X amount of months. And a lot of people live as if they have forever, and it's when I see some people doing some things and I see some of my friends doing some things, I just want to shout like, what the fuck are you doing? Like we only have a certain amount of time. Like why the fuck are you doing this shit? But that's not my place to do that. And everyone makes their own choices in life. I can advise somebody, but I can't rule their life for them. But At the same time, we all need to realize that this moment, as I said before, is the present moment. And this moment will pass and will never come again. So we need to make sure we take care with every moment we have and just make the most of it. Because one day we won't have any more moments. Whether that be tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, or years from now. We need to realize that and seize the most of everything we have not in a cheesy carpe diem way but in a realizing that this could be the last day for you and just taking advantage of that and and 
reveling in that. So that's the sixth harsh truth. The seventh is realizing that you cannot save some people from themselves. And this goes back to the first truth of realizing that you're it, but also realizing that you may have good intentions, but someone else may not have good intentions for themselves. Someone may be self-destructive. I've known a lot of self-destructive people who tend to be very brilliant people, but they just aren't able to they aren't able to get it together and they are operating off of a faulty programming that has been instilled in them through various factors and they're just on a one-way road to destruction and someone may say i want to get off drugs or i want to stop doing a certain activity or i want to just be a different person and you take them under your wing but they keep fucking up or they keep doing certain things and you eventually get tired of it but then it's like they just go back to the automatic programming and it's like someone who's trying to get off alcohol they end up relapsing and you're like why does this happen and no matter how many times you try to get them off alcohol, they're the ones who's going to make that choice to go back. And again, it's an automatic program. Only they can break that automatic program. And you have to realize that you just can't save everyone. In my life, I've had certain people where I've tried to save them. And this was a long time ago when I was naive more naive than I am now and eventually I just had to get to a point where I said you know this he's gone he's gone I, I can't do anything for him you know I can't save him and eventually they had to get to a point where they said that they want to stop doing a certain thing and they had to pull themselves up from a deeper hole than they would have if they managed to listen to what their friends were saying and the people around them were saying. But I think certain people have to reach a certain point where, you know, enough is enough. And I think we all reach that point, but for some, it's deeper than others. So that's the point I want to make. You cannot save some people from themselves. So that's the seventh harsh truth. The eighth is not everyone will stay with you. And when I say not everyone will stay with you, a lot of the friends that you had in high school or college, some of them will be with you for years. Some of them will be lifelong friends. You're lucky if you have lifelong friends. And some of them will just be acquaintances that you keep up with every now and then. And then most of them you'll never keep in touch with again. Most of them will just be footnotes in your life and... Most of them will just go on with their life. Even people that you were very close with in high school, people that I was close with in high school, a lot of them I don't even talk to anymore because our paths are just so divergent 
and a lot of the people that I was friends with in college, um, I don't talk to anymore because I've just diverged in a different direction and I'm just such a different person than when we were hanging out and our interests are no longer similar and we also don't have close proximity because some of these people are in different states now. So there's that. Um, so that's the realization that, you know, you'll only have certain friends who will be around and that's natural, that's normal, but you have to realize that if you have people you resonate with, try your best to make sure they're still in your life because after a certain period of time, you'll find that you're going to need people to rely on and people with history, people you have deep roots with are people you can rely on in a jiffy, hopefully, and they can have your back more than someone you just met and you haven't established really that background with. So that's what I recommend for that. And that is the eighth truth is that not everyone will stay with you. So the, the ninth truth is realizing that instant gratification and instant success and instant anything is pretty much just a lie or a myth. Real success, real achievement, real progress happens in large chunks of time. You're not going to see the benefits of a certain course of action that's beneficial for at least, at least a year. At least. If you're starting a business or if you're having a relationship with somebody or if you're just doing a new course in your life, like taking a new job, moving to a new state, things won't seem normal until after a year. And the danger of the year mark is that you start to slip into monotony and automation and you stop purposely trying to get better. So people reach a certain level in different areas in their life. Like in relationship, you get very comfortable with the person you're with. The honeymoon phase fades away and that puppy dog love fades away. And then you see that person in a hard light for what they are. And you then have a choice to progress that relationship based on the nuances of being in relationship. And instead of it just being something based off of lust or pure attraction, you're now trying to find out what's the deeper workings of that person and what that person is like in different situations and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And that's the hard part. Everyone loves the beginning. Everyone wishes that the juicy parts would come in the beginning, but it's only when you start to get familiar with the nuances of a certain activity that you start to gain a better appreciation for it. The easiest example for this for myself is I started working out in 2012, but I started doing it consistently in 2013. And 
there was a lot of experimentation and there was a lot of failure involved. But then once I start to get into a routine and I start to lock into things that worked, I started to improve on them brick by brick, step by step. And over time, I started to see that I was getting better and I was getting more physically fit. And I was, my, my body was changing. And I just had a new appreciation for uh, physical activity that I didn't before because I took it for granted because I was young and I was just able to run a lot. But after I started to purposely work out, I got a new appreciation for what physical activity does and especially athletes, the, the hell they go through uh, preparing their body for different sports and sporting events. And that's the nuances that I'm talking about. And you can take this to any endeavor. Like I said, you can take it to work, relationships with significant other, with your friends, with your parents even. And you start to unlock new levels of meaning and higher levels that something that would come in instant wouldn't unlock. But a lot of people, they have the instant success mindset they have the I want it now mindset, but things just take time. That's the best answer I can give to that. It's going to take a lot longer. Like I said, it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much. Like I mentioned in truth number four. So that is truth number nine is that long-term success and long-term Achievement or failure will happen only in large chunks of time. You won't know the outcome of any line of thought or action you pursue. So you need to, as cliche as this sounds, enjoy the process and just be patient. That's what it's all about because that's what wins in the end. So the last truth, last harsh truth that I want to mention is you will never be happy. I think striving for happiness as an end goal of itself is very useless because I don't think striving for happiness will make you happy. I think happiness is a byproduct of living a productive life that is filled with meaning and value and service. And I don't think that pursuing just happiness by itself makes any sense because when people say, I just want to be happy, the underlying meaning for that, I think, is I just want to be comfortable. I want everything to make sense. I want everything to be in a certain order. And I don't agree with that because I know that life is inherently chaos, like I said before, and I don't think anything's really going to make a whole lot of sense on the surface. So... I think trying to pursue happiness as an end goal just leads to a dead end. But if you focus on providing value to other people, if you focus on smiling to other people, if you focus on making friends, if you focus on lifting other people up when they're down, if you're focusing on just being part of a group and contributing to a better cause you'll find that your heart feels a bit lighter and you're like, what is this? What is this feeling that I'm feeling? I feel like 
I'm elated. I feel like I'm elevated. I feel like I'm connected. And then you'll say, I feel like I'm happy because happiness comes when you're pro progressing and contributing to a worthy ideal. And I think that in order to be happy, you have to put others first. And that's the main way to do that. But paradoxically, when you put others first, you're not trying to be happy. You're just trying to contribute to the better good. So that's why I say happiness is a byproduct of fulfilling life and a life where you're connected instead of feeling separate from the whole. Because I'll tell you, some of the most unhappy people are people who are very selfish and they live for self. And they are wondering why they're so damn miserable even though they have all the money in the world. And like I said, money isn't everything, but it is a whole lot. But at the same time, money can only get you so far. And in the end, you're going to have to provide value and you're going to have to connect with others. So that's where happiness comes from, in my opinion, because I don't know either. That's based on what I've experienced and what I've heard from others. So take that as you will. So that's it. The 10 harsh truths about life. I hope that this made sense and I hope that you can chew on these for a little bit and think about them and see how they've been true in your life or if you haven't experienced them yet see situations where you may be able to use these knowledge pieces and use them and connect them to a larger whole so again I wish you a great week or a great day wherever you are and I hope that you're able to use this knowledge to better your life and the life of people around you who you care about and people who are in your sphere of influence so you can be a shining light instead of someone else who is bringing darkness and an example to those who need some inspiration. So that is it. I wish you guys a Vita Sane. And I will see you next time. Peace out.